now for the Black Firehouse Podcast, the only Ghostbusters podcast that discusses props, costumes, sets, and special effects with your hosts, Austin Young and Dan Harshman. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. I blame myself. So do I. Let's get ready. Switch me on. Good morning, Black Firehouse Podcast listeners. This is your host, Dan Harshman, with, as always, the indomitable, the healthier-sounding version of Mr. Austin Young. Hi. <laughs> one day I'm What's gonna, up? One day I'm going to give you an amazing intro, and you're going to play into it. But today is not that day. Next recording. That was my... Probably that was not. my Corbin Dallas moment from Fifth Element. <laughs> oh, that makes me Ruby, and I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Oh gosh, how you shit, I'll today? be Ruby. I'm good. Good. I'm a lot better. I'm not struggling to breathe through my mouth because I can't breathe through my nose. I hate um, that feeling. It's fine. It's good. It's all right. It's still hanging on just a teeny, 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 tiny bit. But I think for the most part, I'm pretty much over it. So. Well, that's uh, good. That's Let's good. do it. We, we have a lot to cover today. Um, as far yeah. as props news, I mean, uh, I, <laughs> you know, the annoying thing is I always kind of forget what precisely we covered last episode. Uh, I wish it were like recorded or something so I could go back and review it so we're not retreading stuff like, uh, like some kind of recorded podcast or something, you know? Mm-hmm. that'd be cool. That would be cool we should do that we should we should i don't know um did they did they i don't think uh do we in, cover the fact that they're doing a, another ghostbusters movie i mean we did on the last episode we recorded that we're not releasing because it sucked it did suck and we're gonna re- um, we're gonna recover that that subject matter today yeah which i'm excited about okay so we have we have a considerable amount of news both in in just the Ghostbusters world and in the the prop world, which is uh, Ghostbusters, the fifth movie, its yes. working title has been announced. And uh, that had me excited because it's Firehouse. Yeah. That's us. That's us. That's us. I guess uh, I guess we know we yeah, finally we're, made we're, it. We're... Because, uh, yes, yes, have some had a character named after them podcast we had a whole movie named after yeah. us firehouse yeah baby yeah so suck we... it <laughs> so much better oh oh and our <laughs> poor friends brock and jess and Bo over at uh bama nerds are just like bama geeks bama geeks bama nerds bama dorks bama friends all of the above yeah. love those guys um yes they don't have. They need a Ghostbusters movie soon. Well, after after Firehouse, then we'll get like uh, Bucky's Revenge. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Continue on. It'll be the conclusion to their web series that they never got to finish. <laughs> Ghostbusters Roll Tide. <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, good times. And uh, yeah, then all the the digital stuff. You know that two that two layer like two story video game monstrosity that I don't know yeah. where they're rolling out to with uh, 
I, I can't beat around the bush. That dumb looking Ecto one. The the flying the sp- car, the thing? space Ecto one. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I talked about it last time. You did. Yeah. I don't I don't mind a flying Ghostbusters car or whatever. That's cool. I just don't like when they try to make it like oh, it looks like the fifty nine caddy. We're gonna have the fifty nine caddy fins on it. And it's like it just let it be its own thing. The Ecto one is the Ecto one. This can be its own thing too. I don't know. I think they should just do a hover conversion on the fifty nine. Mm, maybe. That would be cool. Just a hover conversion. I mean, like straight, like just just bring Back to the Future and Ghostbusters closer together, in which they could exist in the same universe, but never interact ever, ever. Yeah, like there's never mm-hmm. actually a crossover. It would be like that unofficial crossover between uh, Blade Runner and Alien, you know, where it keeps getting like these heavy hints, but it's never confirmed nor denied. Is Venkman a replicant? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Check out his eyes. I don't know, ma'am. He <laughs> probably is. <laughs> probably. It's the only explanation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, <clears throat> two new cartoons. Netflix series and uh, a standalone cartoon movie. You think we're going to be getting that that uh, that movie based on the perspective of a ghost? Probably not. I think think that's what the movie is. I don't. I don't know if that's. I mean, I'm not upset by that idea. Yeah. I think it's an interesting concept if you can execute it well. Um, But yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. It might be. Um, It could be something totally different. Um, I'm excited either way. I mean, you know, I'm ready for more. Ghostbusters anything so especially the series I'm really looking forward to yeah the series I'm really looking forward to I'm interested to see if it's finally them getting off the ground a lot of the stuff they've been talking about since 2016 Um, because you know after answer the call happened Ghost Corps was really officially set up Uh, thank god you know they 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 didn't flop with answer the call and look at Ivan Reitman and be like, "Nah, we're uh, we're taking away the office. Good luck, bud." Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know the the movie itself sounds an awful lot like it could be that setup for that point of view of like Slimer or something silly like that, and then the series sounds an awful lot like it could be the fruition of Ecto Force, which was talked about back yeah. then. Um, and then of yeah, because I mean, yeah. Oh, good. And then Ghostbusters, the fifth movie, but Ghostbusters mm-hmm. four in the yes. uh, primary series. So, uh, which is also exciting. Um, but I just want to see the new props. Like, what's the new designs? The video games not impressing me. The the VR stuff, um, not not impressing me with their designs. Yeah, I'm I'm more interested in what's going to be in uh, Spirits Unleashed. That stuff looks a little more kind of in the wheelhouse of Ghostbusters yeah. in terms of like we're just bolting extra shit on top of the existing stuff. Yeah, um, which is what I like to see. I don't like to see the really futuristic space age, you know, gadgets and stuff in kind of in a modern setting. Right. Um, unless everything, I don't know. It's a it's a weird. It's a weird aesthetic that they're kind of 
throwing out there and I, I don't i don't know it just doesn't jive with me as well yeah it's uh it doesn't m- mesh well like is this ghostbusters in the here and now or mm-hmm. is this ghostbusters you know in in 25 years so it's yeah i i exactly i i know exactly what you're talking about um i understand exactly what you're talking about but i'll be excited especially uh you know the series the the cartoon series I think has the the highest likelihood of introducing a lot of really cool new gear. So that'll be super exciting to, to see what they got. And of course, you know, I'll be excited to see what they have for, for Ghostbusters firehouse. Cause you know, we got just a load of familiar stuff that, that was kind of customized, which was going to work really well for today's episode, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, prop news though, prop news coming from, uh, Ghostbuster fans, two big announcements is he, AJ quick, that is, I should say, uh, owner, proprietor, Ghostbuster fans. We love AJ over here, um, is releasing more accurate, hyper accurate ghost goggle lenses. Yes. Uh, I think they're MSRPing for just over two hundred dollars. Um, hopefully, the first set to be released uh, in about a month or so. Super excited about that to go with all of his new goggle and goggle accessories. I mean, he's just been pumping it out. Um, yeah, you know the replica frames are are gorgeous, and now lens replicas. So it. <sighs> I'm jazzed. I'm really jazzed, you know. Um Yeah, the one well, the the battery cover with the little uh rubber band thingy. Mm-hmm. Like that's such a small thing, but it's awesome to have a source for that that you know, you're not having to track down some crazy obscure hopefully still intact vintage piece. It is. Yeah, it's it's great to finally be able to to hunt those things down and be able to get them and get them new and get them so that they're still comparable to the original units. And mm-hmm. and one of the things with the goggles, I don't think a lot of people realize is they're so frail. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wonder if that's the same thing. I've never handled real lens adapters. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't know if that's something, if they're also have rather fragile parts on them. But I do know that, you know, even if I built a set of goggles out of real parts, it would be something that probably sits on a shelf in in a glass case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because of I how n- fragile they are. I would never wear them out. Um, I used to. I had a, a, set, a set of real frames that I would wear out. And I think now... Like, what an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, uh, you look at them the wrong way and they're going to they're gonna crack, you know. And that, But thank God for AJ producing the, the injection molded ABS frames because those things are durable as hell. And uh, Didn't he, he posted a picture of him standing on them? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, try doing that. With a real set. No, yeah, yeah. You you know, maybe you'll get away with uh later later sets, you know, yeah. but the, the ones that we want, which are well the 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 alphas and earlier, you can't do that with you. Like mm-hmm. you said, you breathe on them wrong, they're gonna 
crack. I mean, heck, in in 1983, they had problems with them, with the with the IR and activation knob breaking off of Stance's mm-hmm. uh, ecto goggles. Well, and that's the nice thing about originals is if you did want to do the Los Angeles ecto goggles, you know, you could break them and make them more accurate. Uh, with AJ's, it's going to be more difficult to break them to make them accurate. How would you but, do that? You know, well, how would you do that? Like, would you break them or would you make it like a paint thing? Because you know, AJ's come without any holes in the in yeah. that area, so it does give you the opportunity that you could Dremel that break in, so that you could have an accurate surface crack in in your goggles. What would honestly, you do? that's that's what I would probably do is just draw a line out and then take uh Drimble makes these they're cut off wheels but they're like diamond crusted and they're like really thin yeah i've seen those and i'd I'd probably take one of those and maybe try and and score it in that way or you know i mean you abs typically is fairly easy to carve into yeah so i might just you know try and carve it in by hand with a like a really sharp sculpting tool or something um but yeah i mean there's ways to fake it for sure. Um, and, you know, you could just dremel off that corner piece on the right side. Certainly. That's snapped off. So, I mean, that's something I'm looking forward to doing with AJ stuff is actually creating both versions of the GB1 goggles. Yeah. And then a, and a GB2 set. And a GB2 set, yeah. I actually got a pair of, um, I think they're Charlie's. No, no, no. They they got to be Bravos. It was before they went over to the annoying corner battery uh, holders. It was when it's the long yeah. battery cover on the top. Uh, those mm-hmm. are actually made out of ABS plastic. Um, so okay. it's not that weird. It, it's not Kydex. I don't I don't know what it is because Kydex is actually certainly a lot stronger than whatever the hell the the Alpha frames and earlier the fives were were made out of. Um, I think Kydex is what those frames I sold Julian were because they look like they're like formed, like vacuum formed or whatever, and they have a just the slightest orange peel texture. That could be. I'm not sure. I would have to. I would have to look at them. But uh, yeah, so I, I definitely have a set of Bravos in black that yeah I'm using, going to use for Ghostbusters two goggles. Uh, the the battery cover on top actually comes off of those things. Okay, cool. Um, it doesn't take a lot of, of work to get them off. And so you end up with just a few little extra holes in there that are easy to fill in with a you know just a small amount of thin styrene, and you know they're they're nice and smooth, so you can use your your favorite body filler on them to to fill them all in, um, and then just go to go to town painting them. Yeah. Um, paint over the label, which I always yep. thought was wild. I mean, like, it's not even, they're not just painting over the, the snaps. They're even that side data label. They're just like, nah. Yeah. Um, That's something I see missing on a lot of GB2 replicas. Is it's like, oh, well, it doesn't have the label on it. It's like, it does. It's just painted over. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also, I think uh, those lenses... I, th- I think it's PVC. I think it's PVC piping with uh, with some, you know, greeblies and stuff on there. It might be. I think it's flanged 
I think it's 1980s flange PVC couplings. I hope it's not. I really because I don't want to have to track down vintage PVC pipe. I don't think you're to going make it to. <laughs> an accurate set. Yeah, that's I. I don't think you're going to find those. But I look at a lot of uh, the pipes and stuff now, and it's like, wow, that that really looks close. It looks like a a uh, a less codified <laughs> PVC pipe. Like the walls are a little <laughs> bit thinner, so it looks like it'll fail a little bit more. Um, yeah, just like it would have kind of back then. You know, the flanges not as not as sturdy, so a little bit more prone to failure, kind of thing. I that's that's just what my gut's telling me. I would love to be wrong. I would love to be wrong, and for someone to be like, no, here's the part. You know. But even the faceplate on that has the, uh, you know, the little bits from the, to me, a tank kit. Mm -hmm. And um, and what a lot of people thought was that same kit, that tread around the lens. Um, I don't think it's that tread. I don't either. And uh, Martin Bryce was the first one to be like, yeah, that that's probably not it. And I really took a closer look at it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that. It's just what it's not the right shape. It's not the right texture. No, the the tank tread is it has more going on. I mean, even as poor a quality as the the reference is, you can still tell that there's not as much going on with that area of the lens that there is on the tank tread. I thought it kind of looked like Lego tank tread. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it could still be tank tread out of a model kit. Well, yeah, not no, that model kit. That's you know, what I. Like, that's what I. I mean, though, is it looks like that old rubber Lego tank tread and that they just cut it up and glued it on there. And I'm like, I mean, the thing is so kit bashy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's we should talk about these in a whole episode. Yeah, (laughs) like a like start a podcast about props and talk about the Ecto goggles. That'd be sweet. It would be sweet. What are we talking about today? Custom gear. Oh, custom gear. Okay. All right. Well, before we get to custom gear, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to definitely lay down some some understanding that we didn't have last yeah. time about what custom gear is. But um, we have a good friend of the show who has has earned it, and I think we owe it to him and what they were doing. Um, so we're, we're gonna go and we're gonna do our you've earned it part. You ready? Always. This reminds me of the time you tried to drill a hole through your head. Remember that? That would have worked if you hadn't stopped no. me. Egan, I'm gonna take back some of the things I said about you. You've you've earned it. Well, thank God I don't use the the sounds that are are live. <laughs> our live program puts out because they are man they are heavily digitized today aren't they uh yeah they're a little weird on my end so yeah you're you're coming in a little weird too so i don't i don't know what's going on there uh well the the uh studio did say we were we were recording in higher quality audio audio so if that's higher quality then uh Ooh boy, yeah, sounds higher quality to me. I'd rather be recording <laughs> on cassette tape. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, this 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 has to be talked about. I was so excited to talk about it. We got messaged by some of his friends, um, but uh, a supporter from episode one, um, Toby Canham James. Yes, the pack that he built out of the Hasbro Ghostbusters Afterlife Proton Pack. Mm-hmm. The the blue, and I'm not talking guy. about. Yep, the blue one. Not talking about him getting early access to the the Spangler <laughs> pack or anything like that. He took the that hollow back. Um, what is that? Is that uh, you think that's injection molded? Yeah, it's it's that same kind of weird plastic that like Rubbermaid tubs are made out of, and yeah, it's not blow molded. No, it's not. It's not like the Kenner packs. Um, yeah, it's but essentially definitely injection molded. Yeah, so uh, took this toy proton pack. These things were what MSRP for like twelve bucks. Yeah, something like that. And made a proton pack out of it. Um, that is to say, added just enough to it, added just enough depth that he made it look like an incredible proton pack. And um this was this had a this had a message behind it though. This was for a good thing. This was uh for community positivity. Mm-hmm. Um for the make a wish in the UK. Yeah. Uh it was the East Midland Ghostbusters make a wish in the UK for a George Hinkins who wanted to be a Ghostbuster for a day. Yeah. And Toby Canham James was was the key behind making this dude his own proton pack, and it looks fantastic. It it's it's it just makes me happy to look at it. it <laughs> you does. know, like he he was sending me some uh, some work in progress pictures of it as he was working on it, and you know, the biggest thing that he he did to this pack, I think that really. Uh, really helps it stand out is he removed all the molded in hoses and patched mm-hmm. up and added real hoses. But man, like the vacuum hose on on the gearbox, that that takes yeah. a huge chunk out of that pack. And he did an incredible job patching it up. And like you would have never known that there was a molded in hose there at any point. It's the pack that I would have wanted as a child. Yeah. It, it, just just the the toys from the afterlife movie i have to say were a lot of childhood fulfillment oh yeah toys. i mean i never bought any of them which i'm regretting now uh, i did buy the mod one that was pretty cool i couldn't pass that yeah. but like the bke and stuff i was like where was you know like the one we had was cool but you turn the little knob and it just clicks like what you know this thing yep. you can move the wings up and down with a trigger you know, yeah, and 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 I'm so I'm so jealous of kids nowadays because they had quote unquote movie accurate uh, toys, whereas absolutely ours were based on the cartoons, which is fine. But even as a kid, I was always like, I knew that it wasn't right. Yeah, I knew it wasn't right as a kid. And Toby has taken something that was already exceptional, which was the new line of toys mm-hmm. for for afterlife and just brought it up i mean cutting out all those hoses he basically he basically 
brought this thing back down and built it from scratch. Yeah. Without building it from scratch. Yeah. I mean, he even made a motherboard and like he made the little mounting brackets and like pop riveted them on and then it it's just such he textured it. He did. It's textured my guy. Yeah. Like the right parts are textured. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. It's um it's just a wonderful, beautiful work of art. It is. It's it's beautiful and I hope little George loves it for just forever and ever yeah i hope it gets beaten up oh I hope yeah he plays with it the the absolute shit out of it i hope like hoses break off of it and i hope toby is having to repair it weekly yes <laughs> weekly every single time george wears it toby gets a call but uh toby has been a long time listener and a supporter uh not only of the podcast, but also of Spengler's 1984 workbench. He was, I think, one of the earlier people to actually join in on that conversation. Mm-hmm. He's an incredibly gifted builder who does not give himself enough credit. So We're giving it you know, to you right now, buddy. Exactly. Exactly. We're giving you the credit, Toby. You've earned you it. You get an entire case of crunch bars. I'm not promising that. That's money. I don't have a lot of that. Well, I mean... We don't actually have to give it to him. Just it's the thought that counts. You just promised him an entire case of Crunch Bars. It's fine. You know what? We'll we'll look it up on Amazon. <laughs> but, but it's got to be. He it. needs the UK ones because they have better chocolate in the UK ones. They probably do. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> Are you really Crunch? <laughs> I'm really looking up Crunch Bars. Like, how much would it be for me to send a case? I don't want Amazon's choice of crunch bars. I want oh God. real Nestle crunch bars. 36 bars of Nestle crunch. You know what? It's only 42 bucks. I think you and I could pull our money together and ship $42 worth of crunch bars to Toby. We got to get his address. Yeah, I got, I th- I'm got. i going to get it because I got to mail him a belt. So I'll get it. Okay. We'll surprise him. Don't listen to this episode yes. yet, Toby. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Oh gosh, well that yeah. Um, so moving on to our workbench, let's uh, let's keep kicking it. We got good energy today, Austin. I'm feeling more like ourselves than it, it's amazing what being able to breathe does for your morale. It's true. It's very true. What is that thing you're doing? It's technical. It's one of our little toys. The proton pack is not a toy. I guess it's right. Dan Austin. Oh. See what I did there? Ah, he got me. I did. What? Well, what's on your workbench? Nothing. That's a lie. Everything. <laughs> all the things. What's ghost traps? What's not? Hundreds of ghost traps. Hundreds and hundreds of ghost traps. <laughs> I got So you're building your entire like a, a field of ghost traps. I am. I'm I'm working on my own field of ghost traps. Um Gosh, yeah, yeah. So when we first tried to record this, I had just gotten in my Ben of Kent Ghost Trap kit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then most recently, I was lucky enough to make contact with a, a uh, you know, another user on Spengler's 1984 workbench who, who sold me probably one of the last casted Nicotron Hero Ghost Trap kits. Nice. With the pedal. Ooh. 
Yeah. Is it so? Is, so I don't remember his pedal kits. What What does the pedal kit consist of? Is it Is it resin boxes, resin it base? Is, it is a resin base and resin boxes cast together. Okay. And um, they're hollow, so they're hollow on the bottom. Um, if I recall, the idea was that you would just go ahead and cut out your own piece of styrene plastic okay. and mount it on the bottom if you were really bothered by the, the bottom of the pedal being open like that. Okay. Um, but it's a really, really simple kit. It has all the greeblies with it. does not come with the ITT relay or socket or, of course, the, the, the lamp or anything like that. No stickers, no bellow. That was one of the weird things that the Ben of Kent trap kit came with which was a uh 3d printed bellow yeah that was just in permanent angle i guess that would be really fantastic for a display piece yeah but part Um, of the fun is being able to step on it (laughs) yeah part of the fun is being able to step on it Um, and i i shudder to think of the person who doesn't realize it's 3d printed and sets it down and, and just like stomps on it with all their might. And just, <laughs> I see that vector plate just crumbling into pieces on top. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that, you know, the, the Nicotron has a vector plate, of course. Um, is it metal or is it cast? It's cast. Okay. Um, good God, the details on, on Nick's Nick stuff. I mean, it could have been cast last week for one. Mm-hmm. The, the the quality of the resin that that Nick used when he was in business is is so incredible that it's still holding up today that you could pull any Nicotron kit that's unfinished out of storage, you know, give it a little bit of a, a warm soap bath and it's ready to go. You know, sanding, priming, filling, all that 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 it would need but like the the resin just lasts yeah and it doesn't age which is lovely um is it cast in, the bed of Ken- is it cast in black well, it's uh cast in his signature dark gray okay yeah um but i i kind of like the signature dark gray i like i'm always torn you know i like the fact that a lot of the people are getting into the casting things in black mm-hmm uh, just because it kind of helps hide mistakes when you're painting. Yeah. Um, but also at the same time, it hides mistakes while you're painting. So I'm never sure if I've actually painted a spot or if it's just black. Like if that's what it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've always had two two thoughts on that. One, if you cast in black, yeah, it hides a lot of crimes. Um, if it gets scratched it's not as noticeable. You don't have that yeah. raw, like off white resin color underneath. That's the worst resin for anyone to still be using on the flip side of that. If you use that off white resin and it does get scratched, you can then reapply silver over the top of that. Yeah. Um, get your handy silver Sharpie. Out. Not a, not, no, 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 not a Sharpie, <laughs> a very fine tip paintbrush and some high quality silver chrome model paint is what you need yeah. to use. But I understand most people are never going to go through that trouble. I'm just insane and I have done that. So yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. But 
I, I, I think the, the gray is kind of a happy medium where if it, it's dark enough that if it gets scratched, it's not as noticeable, but you also can tell where you need to touch it up if you want. Right. And it's not this glaring off-white, you know, staring back at you, taunting Tragedy. You. Yeah, it's just... I, you know, even if you buy the off-white stuff, you can st- you can add pigment to it. So just add some pigment to it. Anything darker is better than just raw, untinted resin. Raw, untinted resin always reminds me of multimedia mayhem props. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but what's worse because I I don't want to harp on on Colin wherever he is out there cuz you know he was one of the first real vendors. Yeah. Uh but it always reminds me of the bootleg recast pistols. Mhm. that you find at larger conventions. You know, they always have the big booth and it has like the Blade Runner blaster but like it mm-hmm. its proportions are a little strange and like if you want Han Solo's blaster, but it's cast in soapy resin, mm-hmm. like here you go. Um, and it's always as, as few as pieces as possible. Yep. With as many air holes as possible. And I guarantee you it's probably got some kind of a filler in it so that they're using even less resin. Probably. <laughs> I mean, you know? I've, I've had some friends of mine that have given me a couple of those kits to work on before. And it's like pieces have snapped off. And it's powdery when it's, mm. you know, and I'm like, there's filler in this. There's no way this is solid resin. I would love to like buy one of their, uh, one of their phasers, you know, Ugh. like a next generation phaser. Yeah. And just, just to find out that the, the center of it is filled with ramen noodle crushed up. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I want to try that now just to see. Oh, That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do one of those videos where like, uh, a big chunk is missing out of my cyclotron, and I repair it with ramen noodle and super glue. You should, you should, but make sure you flavor the ramen noodle before oh, putting it on there. Well, that's like the catalyst, right? You know, you can't, right, right. you can't not have it, or else it's just not going to cure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Anyway, moving on. So the Ben of Kent kit, uh, you know, pretty happy with it, man. Yeah, um, since we recorded the last episode and you kind of talked about it, I I was noticing other people posting about theirs on, I think it's probably Ben's group on Facebook. Half the time I don't pay attention, but, and yeah, they look really nice. I mean, you know, print lines aside, even they're really clean and, and, you know, just a little bit of work cleaning up some of those print lines and it's a pretty solid kit. It's it's a very solid kit. There's some strange choices in how the kit is put together. Mm-hmm. Um which is the it I, I don't know if I'm missing something. I, I gotta look at other people's builds because it doesn't come with explicit instructions because it is it's kind of an idiot proof kit. Yeah. But I'm I'm a special kind of idiot. So <laughs> like, you know, I, I need to make sure I'm putting it together right. Uh but it it looks like you end up with a gap in between the the carriage and uh the box um in order to get that little jut out 
of of the box that would be notable to uh, a hero trap. Yeah. Which to me is a little weird because it should be flush. But when you make it flush, the whole thing looks like uh, more like a stunt trap. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's intentional. If 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 it is cool, I'm not sure about the gap part, but. I do like that your placement of bolts on the inside could determine if if you have more of a hero trap versus more of a stunt trap. I think overall as a kit, it's uh, more roughly the size of a stunt trap than a hero. Mm. You know, its battery box is a little bit shorter. Um, and then, of course, once that once that uh, whole thing is, is in there, it sits a little bit. It sits pretty flush on the front end. Um so there's a lot of directions that you can take with it, which I think is cool. Um, some confusing choices, uh, namely the the main handle, is 3D printed, uh, but in two halves. Yeah, and not uh, not like stock versus handle two halves, like stock and handle, but cut in half. Like yeah, out of a like Evo Shandor got ripped in half that direction. (laughs) (laughs) And like, that's how it's so like, you have to use like three, uh, three screws to put the handle together, but then it takes this really big, I mean, fuck off big, um, uh, machine screw to be kind of like the, the release trigger at the top of the the handle. I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan. So I think there's going to be some extra filling going on um, in the handle region. Just, just to, just to get it to something more akin to what I like. Uh, But yeah, overall, not bad side plates, you know, as with any trap kit, side plates can always use replacing with aluminum. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be something I'll I'll be doing even with my Nicotron kit. Uh, but that being said, you know, just just going back onto how crisp, how clean Nick's castings were, um, I'm going to have to find something else to put those panels on because they're just too damn gorgeous to not use yeah. and to throw away. Yeah, um, you know, you could always do a. I don't know. I always thought it would be fun to <laughs> build, uh, whether it's a pack or a trap or whatever, build another, let's say you've bought, you know, 10 kits over the years and built all these things. There's always a few pieces you haven't used or that you, mm-hmm. that you upgrade with something else and kind of take your leftovers and try to cobble together something with the leftovers and see if you can get them all to work together. Um, that would be fun. You know, just, just as some sort of like bizarre art piece or something. <laughs> yeah. Abstract. Yeah. Art piece. So, yeah. Some kind of weird Picasso-y ghost trap or something. Um, that, that could be fun. I don't know. I had some other ideas knocking about with some other projects that are sitting, sitting around, but, uh, Traps right now, man. I still got that trap fever. So hot right now. It is. It's the new hotness. Ghost traps. They're so fun. I mean, they are. I you know, until we did our episodes on them. I mean, I was familiar with them to a, to a certain point, but I'd only ever built that one. And now that I've done this other one, 
uh, it's it's just an enjoyable prop to work on. It's really fun. It's satisfying. It's soothing. And they're you fun know? to look at. I, yeah. I don't know why. I, I, I love I love proton packs, but there's something about looking at ghost traps. I think it's because it's it's just a little less, but it's still it's still a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. It's just fun to and look at. And it's just it's visually interesting. It's not you know simple or boring. There's a lot going on yeah. there. And I like uh, you, you can customize them. You can have some fun with them. Mm-hmm. So, how about you? What you got over there? What's what's on your workbench? Oh, I forgot we were even doing that segment. Yeah, we're talking about <laughs> what's on our workbench. I'm talking about ghost traps. Yeah, you're talking about Ghostbusters two belts. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about right now. How'd you know? <laughs> They're almost done. I finally I got a new punch to punch the holes to set all the grommets, and it works beautifully. So. That's probably what I'm doing after we finish this and going into the shop and start sticking grommets and belts and finally getting these out to people. Uh, it takes it takes a long time to paint grommets. Uh, it's not really you have to like I've got a big piece of styrofoam that I'm I've pressed the you know twenty rows of them in or whatever, and you know it's what it's not hard. You paint it, but then you you got to pluck them all out and then you got to hand set them in the, the same spots over and over and over and mm. oh, there's so many grommets that i have to paint i bought a box of a thousand of them and no, you didn't buy black so here's the thing i when i first did these belts like 10 years ago yeah i just bought the grommets from like the local uh sewing place joann's or whatever and the in the like right. 15 packs or whatever super expensive and I hand painted them with just like black enamel model paint, you know, whatever. It works. Right. And stupid ass me was just like, oh, I've got to do that again, but I'm going to buy these in bulk. I'm being smart this time. And so I went on Amazon. I looked up quarter inch grommets. Up, oh, boom. There's a thousand of them ordered. And then while I was waiting for them to come in, I was like, I should have just looked to see if they already come painted black. They do. <laughs> So I made it a little bit harder on myself simply by not thinking. Uh, but, you know, this is how we learn, right? Exactly. So I've got a bunch of them painted now. Um, they look fine. They're black now. And, uh, yeah, they'll work. But, yeah, maybe in the future I'll, I'll actually look up black grommets. Yeah. That would have yeah. saved me a little bit of time. Now, what's different, though, about these Ghostbusters 2 belts than previous runs that you've done? Um, they're actually two-tone, like they're supposed to be. Ooh. The, the originals have a black, kind of a nylon mm. uh, webbing front, and in the backside, I, I think it's still kind of a nylon material, but it's a herringbone uh, pattern. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a silver or gray color, um, and it's the gray portion is just a it's just a tiny bit wider than the black. So when it's sewn together, you know, it's, it's not even by any means, but you get these little areas of silver that, that poke up past the edge Mm -hmm. of the black and it looks really cool. And at the time when I did them, you know, years ago, I couldn't find any gray or black or gray or silver webbing in the correct, uh, width. Right. And so I just doubled up on the black, and that was in my 
not so screen accurate obsessed phase that I'm glad I I've mean, matured out of. <laughs> oh yes, we're all we're all very happy you've grown up. <laughs> so not not really, not at all. But I mean, you know, to to be able to get a a nice Ghostbusters two belt, mm-hmm. even if it is black on black, I I have one uh, made by George from several years ago that I I love. Um, a lot of people end up just using that the the just the black web belt with the D buckle, which is fine. And, but then when you put key fobs on it, they're like huge on them because those key are. fobs are made to fit these larger belts. Yeah, um, yeah, and you know, uh, the the gray material I'm using isn't herringbone. I have searched high and low over the course of a couple of different times over the years trying to find accurate backing material and uh well it's probably not even made anymore no and you know i can find white cotton mm-hmm. i could dye it gray but it's not an it's not that's not the accurate material right and it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot softer it's not gonna have that little bit of stiffness that the the nylon has mm-hmm. or the polypropylene or whatever it is the synthetic stuff but right, right. You know they're not that hard to put together. It's a little time consuming. You know you got to measure each one out for the individual person. You know you got to cut it. You got to burn the ends. Stitching them together is not that hard. You just, you know, and I'm apologizing to anybody in advance if they are not perfectly symmetrical. But I'm doing these all by hand, so. The screen used ones aren't perfectly symmetrical either. These, so these are technically accurate. <laughs> I'm I'm sure it'll be a a fine product. I'm yeah. I'm excited to see them all finished up and and uh, especially that red one. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I got a request for uh, a couple of different color schemes. One was just reversed from the uh, original, so it's it's silver on the front, black on the back. With okay. with a black uh, black buckle, black grommets, but uh, uh, gray adjustment strap. <laughs> are you uh, are you going to be putting together uh, the prototype belt at any point? I want to. Colton was like, somebody needs to make one of those, and I told him I'd make yeah. one for him, and I mean it. I just gotta once I gotta knock these out, and then I'll sit down and try and like find the material, and because it's it, a it weird so color. Much more... Yeah, well, yeah, is that staining? Is that age? Is that the color that they used? It almost looks like it belongs in Alien mm-hmm. rather than Ghostbusters. Yeah, it totally looks like it would go on like the environmental suits or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I fully intend to make one. I'll make one for Colton. I'll send it to him. It'll be a fun, weird, esoteric thing to make. Yeah. And, I, you know, I love that stuff, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um well, shoot. All right. So that is, that's what's going on. Was there anything else? No, I think we're ready to talk about our main topic. You ready? I am ready. Let's do it. Listen. You smell something? There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Why? Welcome back to the Black Firehouse Podcast. As always, your hosts, Dan Harshman and Austin Young. This is just the part of the show where we remind you that you can always take a 
us, sorry, give us a like on our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram. You can listen to us on our RSS feed or on Spotify or, of course, on Apple, um, Apple, Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. It doesn't roll off the tongue like iTunes. Is there one, does somebody have one that's called, it's all about Apple Pie and it's called the Apple Pie Cast? Oh, maybe. I do love apple pie. I'm going to look that up. You should, but iTunes and Apple Podcasts, <laughs> like, why isn't it just iCasts, you know? Or PodTunes. PodTunes, yeah, like Apple Podcasts. Like, that sounds dumb. I know. But, of course, also, if you want to join the conversation, um, you can always join us at Spengler's 1984 Workbench over on Facebook.com. Guys, make sure you give us uh, some positive comments, positive feedback, positive ratings, anything like that. Five stars or over. If you can't do over and you try to do under, we'll ban you from the show. Um, yeah. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. We can't, but whatever. Um, hope you like what you're listening to. And uh, today we are talking about custom gear. Now, Austin, this was this was one of the disconnects. It was almost like when we first tried to record this episode, we were talking about completely different things for like the first 20 minutes. Yeah. So when you're thinking custom gear, what are you thinking about? Well, initially, when I think custom gear, I think original designs. Um, you know, custom proton packs that, oh... It's not necessarily the same model of Proton Pack. It's a it's a newer model, mm-hmm. and they've, you know, they've got a completely different design. You know, custom uh, custom pieces of gear that we've never seen before. You know, some kind of, uh, you know, meters or whatever, ghost bombs. Mm-hmm. You know, all that kind of weird stuff. Um, and then you you know you were talking about. Well, like themed packs, customized, uh, yeah. established pieces of gear. And I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. That works too. That's technically custom. Yeah, I, I think both are, are accurately custom. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I... I always, I always had a hard time with completely custom gear. Um, and I'm... And, and in, in speaking of like... I'm making up my own Ghostbusters gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is because I I just don't think people are original enough to come up with something that is wholeheartedly interesting. Um, well, for me, and I talked about this the last time we recorded, it's all about, like, what's the story behind it? What's the... Right. You know, and there's nothing wrong with just throwing shit together because it looks cool. That's fine, uh, you know, but when, you know, the things that are interesting to me is somebody who's come up with this piece of gear and they have a whole elaborate backstory for it and yeah. what it is, what it does, why it was invented, you know, that stuff's fun to me. Um, and yeah, there's just not a lot of that out there. There's not a lot of people that go through that kind of trouble and, and, and in depth like that, which is fine. Like I said, if you're just having fun throwing stuff together, dude, more power to you. It, you know, I've done that. Um, everybody at some point in their Ghostbusters fandom career has taken some weird, you know, 
super soaker or nerf gun and repainted it and thrown some stickers and wires on it and called it a uh, a ghost blaster or whatever you know like right we've all been there that's all it's just part of it man it's it's a it's a rite of passage this packs more punch than a standard proton pack <laughs> yeah you know and and that's you know i don't even consider stuff like junk builds to be custom that's an entirely different beast and i don't say junk builds to trash on them no pun intended um but you know some people just they don't have the the budget or the time to put into you know, a screen accurate pack or whatever. So, you know, they go to Home Depot, they buy electrical boxes and all this stuff and they throw it together and they paint it and it looks cool. Um, right. But I don't, you know, I wouldn't even consider that custom gear. That's just, you know, something that comes together out of necessity when you don't have a lot of money to spend. I have seen people it's... that have done junk packs that have created backstories for them, but, you know, I like people that, have gone out of their way to create an original design and, you know, scratch build it. It gets difficult. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I'm trying to say this, it gets difficult that we're doing a lot of work on this show to, to try and wag that elitist, you know, perception that people who are really interested mm -hmm. in the esoteric or the detail oriented are a bunch of elitist douchebags. And we're trying really hard to, to wag that perception. Yeah. And then we get into a topic like this and it's a fascinating topic. It's an interesting topic, but it's one that is so easy to offend people because when you're talking about custom stuff, these are people's thoughts, ideas, and creativity, and they take it so much more personally. Yeah, if you don't particularly like their thing, like okay, a custom gear that I don't like that I just I just don't like, and it doesn't. It's not um, you know, who makes it. It's not if one person makes it. I've just never seen an interpretation that for me, I've enjoyed is a proton sword. I think they're dumb. I thought they were dumb in the comics. Whoa, well, hold I on. Just... There's proton swords in the comics? In in the IDW Displaced Aggression comics. Oh, no. When they go back in time, they have uh, a race dance in medieval times, and he's got a proton sword. Oh, God. I must have blocked that from my memory. I read that series. I don't remember that at all. Oh, yeah. No, it's there. It's there. He Because he's a, a knight in shining armor, and he's got a like a yeah. treasure chest that he's made into a proton pack. Okay. And like it, it's such a. It's 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 silly. It's it's very silly. Yeah. But it's such a great comic line because I can pull like really cool gear ideas out of it. Like yeah, uh, the the Western steampunk pack that Beckman has. I've always wanted to build that thing because mm -hmm. it's just it's one of the best like steampunk proton packs I've ever seen because it has zero cogs. <laughs> yeah um well and you know not every idea is a winner not every idea is a winner it's just there's some that i've just i've not seen anybody execute well and you know this may make me sound like an elitist douchebag but i think that's because it's a concept that is just dumb <laughs> Like maybe I I I, I, I would be happy to be proven wrong. I would love to see one where that just blows me out of the water. I'm like, oh, that is super cool. But 
I just as a concept that doesn't work for me. Yeah, but as a concept, that's that doesn't just work me. for me. But I, I want to. I still want to see them. I know. I don't know if it's because I'm a glutton for punishment, but there's something in my head that rolls around where I'm just like, no, maybe it's maybe it's not a proton sword. Maybe you have to go more in the direction of calling it a proton lightsaber to get the aesthetic right. Yeah, I don't. You know, I I think there's something there in the natural design of a Neutrona wand that would lend itself to that kind of idea. I just haven't liked any that I've seen. And it is kind of a silly idea, but so is a proton pack. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and then, but these are personal things. These are things that are, are me. And, mm-hmm. and that's the big thing. A lot of people need to take away is that, uh, well, if it's just not for you, then, then move the fuck on. Yeah. You know, we, we can talk about it on our show because it's our show. It's what people are expecting. They're expecting our opinions from it. Yeah. But there's been so many times where I see like custom bits of gear and stuff in the forums. I'm just like, <laughs> nope. And, but I don't say anything. Like I'm not going to post a comment because it's unnecessary. Yeah. If the, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, if you have something constructive to say, like maybe, hey, you know, you could have done this a little differently, in my opinion, whatever. But even right. then, I still have gotten to the point where I try not to do that because unless somebody is specifically asking for that constructive criticism, yeah. l- let them do their thing. Let them be happy. As long as they're having fun, that's all that matters, you know. Oh, gosh, I wish I had saved it because it would have been perfect for today's episode. Um, I saw it earlier. Um, and somebody had taken the Hasbro Ghost Whistle, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, a lot of us saw as one of the earlier pieces of product that was coming out. We didn't know what the hell it had to do with the movie. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was just the toy version of the Aztec dis- Death Whistle. Um, I can see them not wanting to market a skull you blow into <laughs> for children. <laughs> fun for all ages uh but they had modified theirs and made it look more like an actual piece of ghostbusters equipment it was so cool well and that toy to me it's a little weird looking but i guess because it's got that little like crank or reel on the side yeah it's always got like oh slime scoop vibes you know so it already kind of fits in with that kind of whole ghostbusters aesthetic so I'd be interested to see that because it's definitely there's definitely potential there to make it look really cool. Absolutely, yeah. No, they did a great job. They they uh, they did make it really cool. It almost looked like uh, you know it was kind of how you had said earlier. It's like if you can get a story mm-hmm. that's attached to it, you know, a, a reasoning or a rationale. Um, it makes it more interesting. And I'm looking at the ghost whistle and I'm like, Oh, it's a diagnostic equipment for the Aztec death whistle. Yeah. Like I could totally see like, all right, you put the, the Aztec death whistle, you know, mouth onto this part and you're trying to tune it in to, to see what kind of frequency that kind of nerdy stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But that, that's what lends it and makes it when you can provide that story. Or if you can look at something in that story becomes comes out of it you know it can your custom piece of equipment tell a story 
Um, and you know, you know I, there's sometimes when the gear itself doesn't have to. It's vi- it visually tells the story for you. Um, but it's always nice to have a backstory to it. You know, like the, sure. like the KUD meter in GB two. Right. What does it really do? We don't know. But it looks cool. But I would love finds, I would love yeah, to know goes. Yeah, but like what does it do? We know what the Geiger meter does, we know what the PKE meter does. What is what is the KUD's specific purpose? It's like uh the the, the Gaspers meter. Mm-hmm. What is it looking up that the PKE meter can't? Why did yeah, why doesn't everybody just have a PKE meter? Why does everybody have different meters yeah. in Ghostbusters? Why is Egon measuring you know the the heat in the room with the married couple or whatever with like a radiation meter like it doesn't make it you know well he's also pumping loads of of millerad radiation (laughs) in there like that's why it's so hot he hates people that heat is is radioactive he's killing them uh no i don't no we're not going to recontextualize afterlife in that way okay whoa ouch anyway but yeah, I mean, like I said, there's nothing wrong with building something that just looks cool. I just, I personally find it more interesting when there's a cool story behind it, you know? I loved uh, the one you sent me. Yeah. I didn't bring the it. Afterlife pack before it was an afterlife pack. Yeah. Um, and when I opened that video back up earlier, I didn't realize, I had forgotten that it was from all the way back in 2004. So well, especially I, for the, the time, that was amazing. So that confused me. He must have been doing some upgrades over the years because he does. He says it's a a Ben of Kent proton pack from 2004. Um, But Ben notes on his website that he didn't, or in an interview, that he doesn't start building Ghostbusters props for sale until 2014. And some of the sounds on that guy's pack are from the video game which came out in 2009. Yeah. I I took it to mint that like it's a pack that Ben built before he was Got a, really big into the whole thing. Before he was a vendor. Yeah. It was just okay. something he built because he wanted to build a proton pack, you know. And then it got upgraded over the years. Yeah, I mean, but for it to have been something like the concept and it was executed, you know, all the way back then, it's such a cool piece. Dude, it's it's Ghostbusters Afterlife before Afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um, if, for everybody listening, it's a it's a video on YouTube of a uh, the the concept is it's a decommissioned proton pack. So it's got all of these like repairs and and added knobs and and a, a cooling Hi, tank. My name's Joey. Welcome to my tour. It is Joe's props and artifacts. Joe's props and artifacts tour. Is what it's called, and uh, just a place to uh, take a tour of some of my props and artifacts that he has. And he's on YouTube, and he's got tons of videos on here. He's got like a he's got a cop car and everything like that. I'm assuming he's over in England. Yeah. Um, let me see how far back this video goes. Man, he's he really has a lot of fun with that cop car. Mm-hmm. Um. Man, really, really, a lot of cop car. 
disturbing <laughs> amount of cop car. Um, weird. I have a hard time in his playlists finding, like he's got other Ghostbuster stuff on there, Afterlife reviews, things like that. But the the pack itself doesn't seem to be on the playlist. But I'm sure you can fandangle it. And... I I'm sure it's uh yeah. It's probably uploaded several years ago at this point, if not. Yeah, even it's called Ghostbusters back. Pack, parentheses, Ben of Kent, uh, uploaded two years ago. Okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, it's so wild. It's so Ghostbusters Afterlife before, like, aesthetically speaking, it's almost like he plugged into the movie before it was coming out and designed this thing. Yeah. Um, now there's some things that bother me about it. It's just that the pack itself was not initially proportioned, right. And then modified, you know, you can tell that it was definitely, uh, had some interpretations Mm -hmm. on there, but that, see, that's, that's my, my bread and butter right there. That's where I like it. I love, people taking the core Ghostbusters prop or props and doing something different with it and adding something to it. The Ghostbusters Afterlife stuff ended up being uh, some of my favorites just because Mm -hmm. it was taking stuff that was already in existence and familiar to me and doing something with it. It's why I liked uh, what they did with the video game. So, you know, when I'm thinking custom Ghostbusters props, I'm thinking custom paint jobs. Yeah. Uh, added Greeblies or subtracted Greeblies. I'm thinking um, people like Fernando Hernandez. Yes. Who I I think did, uh, from what I saw, one of the first custom color schemes mm-hmm. on a proton pack in which he just left all the aluminum parts, bare aluminum on his tribute pack and then i think he had like el wire going through all the the hose work and stuff on his pack yeah and, he had uh, like uh that transparent or translucent kind of a tealish green hose on it and yeah i think maybe even yeah. some purple and you know different colored lights and stuff um oh, and i and man I've, I've got some favorites on there you know mm-hmm. uh Gosh, there's the there's the well knowns, you know, by like Johnny Ruckus. He has uh, that Hello Kitty pack, and then that St. Patrick's Day Proton pack, mm-hmm. um, which the 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 beer stein as the as the booster. the booster tube is just great. That was that was a great touch. And then I think Fincher Tech did a military style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one you're talking about that the last time we recorded, and I meant to look it up. Um... You know, I've seen somebody repaint a, a spirit pack, you know, like OD green with some like uh, uh, camo brown highlights and stenciled uh, lettering and stuff on it. And, you know, it was really cool. Uh, so to know that Charles has done an interpretation or a version of that, like, I really want to see that because I know that's going to be top notch. Um, well, yeah, everything that, that Chuck does is, mm-hmm. is top notch. Um, so what are some do's and don'ts? Like, what are, what are some absolutes? Yeah. And, and again, this is all opinion. So please nobody get super offended. <laughs> oh gosh. But yeah. like, we just, we got to talk about caution stripe. 
We gotta do it. Caution stripe. Everything Ugh. everything within reason. Yeah. You know? Yes, the ghost trap has caution stripe on it. The slime blower has slime caution blower. stripe. Ecto-1A has caution stripe. But it's not on every available flat surface that you can stick it. <laughs> you know, it's like the slime blower has one strip on the back. You know, it's only on the doors on. And I get it. Caution stripe looks cool. I get it. But, man, I just see so many people go so overboard with it. And, you know, again, if it makes you happy, cool. That's great. Uh, You know, you do you. But, like. As somebody, and like, just I, dude, I'm a total perfectionist. I suffer from perfectionism, and so to is that why your belts are kind of a little yes, huh? yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I'm gonna. That's the excuse I'm gonna use. Uh, <laughs> I'm a perfectionist. These are perfectionists. So for somebody like <laughs> me, I look at things from a different perspective, and I'm like, okay, this is really great if it just had fewer pieces of caution stripe on it, you know, it's one of those things for, for me, less is more. Right. I, and we've talked about this in the past. I love whoever, I don't know who did it first, but the regular proton pack bumper that has that, Mm. that strip of caution stripe in that little, Mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the section on the left-hand side, that looks so good. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like it fits. It's like it was made for that. It makes total visual sense. And I've seen people that do that, and that's all the caution stripe that's on the pack, and it looks so good. And then it I does see, look and good. then I see people that they put it in there, and they put it on the booster tube, and they put it in between the fins on the power cell, and I'm like, okay, you're going overboard. Like we get it. You only need the one strip. And yeah, it's just it's just like I don't think I've ever seen it on the booster tube. That sounds rad. It it's another one of those things where for me, it when you have both of them like on the bumper and the booster tube, it's it just reads as too much for me. That's too much, but if you do one or the if other If you do one or the other, like it looks good on the booster tube. Um it's just again, you know, you have both there and you know, and I yeah. I see people and it, it was funny to me because the it may be the I don't remember if the mod wand and the little the little cheap tiny proton wand yeah. that Hasbro just put out, but it has caution stripe on the rear handle. It does. They both do. Okay. That's fine. Sure That's do. fine for the toy. I've seen people do it on their wands. Uh, mm. It's weird to me. Or or the no, no, no. or running no. caution stripe down the hose. <laughs> Listen, man. Caution stripe is bad. But what's worse is the no ghost logo on everything. Mm-hmm. That to me is is the cardinal sin of not just custom gear, but yeah. but all gear. Like I understand that Spirit Halloween has to brand the stuff that they release. I mm-hmm. I, I get that. Uh but your radio holster does not need the Ghostbusters logo on it. Mm-hmm. Um um, like me personally, your shoulder that that that's it. Well, it, it's one of those things where it's like, again, it doesn't need it on every conceivable flat surface you can stick it. Like, I've seen people that they have it on 
the radio holster, on the gizmo, uh, on the belt buckle. It's on the uniform, and then it's on the proton their pack, hat on their hat. And I'm like, and they have no five different franchise patches. <laughs> See, I'm one of those weirdos though that like I don't even like putting the franchise patch on the opposite shoulder. Oh no, no, I I haven't. <laughs> I'm president of my franchise, yeah. and my my normal khaki doesn't have it, and my uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, my uh, magnolia suit won't have it on there yeah. either. I have a suit specifically for my franchise, and that that's yeah. the one that that gets it on there. And, and it's funny, but again, like I have to stress, like how much of this is just it's personal it's just taste. Me, it's so personal. Like, yeah, don't. Don't take offense to it and don't change yourself if you are having fun. Yeah. I uh... that's, that's the biggest thing with, with custom gear. I'm like, you know, I I don't like the no ghost logo on everything. Yeah. But yo, man, if if that's if you're not worried about it and you're okay with it being on every single surface, fuck it. Go have fun. Well, um, for me, what it comes down to, and 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 this is just a, another way I'm, you know, of being like incredibly nerdy about this stuff. I'm always looking at it from like a real world perspective. You want it to exist. I want it to exist. So I want it to exist. If if Ghostbusters existed as a franchise, why would they all have their own patch? You know, like your fire departments and stuff. Yeah, they all have their own badge or their own unit patch or whatever. But right. they, but they don't have the company logo, and then you know a unit patch or whatever. Like it would just be one or the other. And so when I see you know, oh, but that's not true. Is it not? No. Well, you know, you know what? Hook and ladder is a great example because mm-hmm. hook and ladder is going to have the New York State firefighting department badge, yeah, and then they are going to have their house badge, yeah, which is the the hook and ladder logo that we all know and love. I guess that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I still don't like it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and, and and that's and that's from the uniforms uniform perspective but right i still don't there's no reason it would be all over the gear you know i have uh i have my buddy jeremy who owns our group secto and uh he's starting to look like a race car driver with how many patches he has on his (laughs) on his uniform yeah and uh it's like that's not me but he's having fun yeah and that's cool i mean like i've seen some uh some uniforms where it, you know it's it's clearly just like i'm just having fun with it you know i've got low you know they're loaded down with uh lapel pins and ammo pins and you know all this stuff and like that's cool Bo Bearden. yeah Bo. <laughs> his convention shirts are amazing yeah with the amount but those are his convention shirts and i gotta be honest that you know that's how you know when Bo is in party mode Mm-hmm. When he shows up in either his charcoal uh, shirt or khaki shirt, yeah, it's just front loaded with with pins and buttons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I mean, again, it, this is all just my personal taste. It's what I like, and I'm complaining about it on a podcast. 
for well, you it's know. your podcast. It's your podcast. Yeah. It's so difficult because like uh I get it. I get it. We don't want to be seen as the elite douchey guys. And I want everybody to be able to come in and do exactly what they they mm-hmm. want to do and have fun. It's just this is our yeah. our metric that we would apply to ourselves. And yes. so many people have a hard time with that. Um like my group has uh we have we have people that have uh junk built proton packs spear proton packs and mm-hmm. um you know we we have a rule that if 20 feet away you look like a ghostbuster there you go yeah that's it you're you're in you know um cuz i thought that that kind of reenactor rule would be good for for the group that way we could welcome a lot of people and we're not getting to that kind of level of scrutiny that uh the fighting 501 would get to Mm -hmm. um i would i would be really interested in maybe being part of a group that has that level of scrutiny yeah but i understand that that is not going to be fun for a lot of people and see that's that's where it's sort of I don't know, kind of ironic for me is it's like, uh, you know, I'm putting it out there right, th- right now. I have never been the biggest fan of the 501st. Um, yeah. I know a lot of really amazing people that are part of the 501st. Great people. Um, and, you know, the organization as a whole does a lot of great work. You know, it's just I've had a lot of really negative experiences with the assholes that are in the 501st. And so as some, like you know better than anybody, I love the super screen accurate stuff. I love that challenge of trying to recreate that thing. And I love if I'm, if I was doing a custom piece of gear or whatever, applying that mindset to something that's custom even though it does this doesn't exist on screen how would it exist on screen mm-hmm. um and that's that's what i personally love and enjoy but when you start having groups like the 501st that it's like well somebody worked really hard on their outfit but it's not perfectly screen accurate so they're not allowed to come play with the rest of us i'm like fuck that <laughs> they're great you the know gray the gray was a shade off yeah right? like all right. You know, <laughs> just be just because you don't share the same personal outlook and and personal <laughs> you really want to go up to the fighting 501 and be like, "Listen, let's talk about shades of gray versus shades of khaki, my friend." Yeah. Cuz you guys really don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean it's like just because you don't have this, you know, psychotic obsession with being screen accurate like I do, doesn't yeah. doesn't mean I don't want to be your friend. Doesn't mean I don't appreciate what you're doing. Doesn't mean I don't like your gear. Doesn't mean I don't, you know, want to hang out. Like, I hope our listeners can tell like what a sensitive topic this is. Yeah. It is such a strangely sensitive topic because. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want I want everyone to be able to come and listen and and hopefully learn something and not feel alienated. And like I've had people, and this is so weird to me, but I've had people message me since we've been doing this podcast, 
and say things like, you know, you're just, I, I just really appreciate how cool you actually are. And you, you're, you're so approachable. And I'm like, I'm just a dude. Like if you nobody, got, if you got nobody it, messages me, <laughs> that's fine. But like, you know, I, you could tell that there was almost like some hesitancy because it's like, well, you know, I, I don't have a lot of super screen accurate stuff, but like, I like what you guys are talking about. And it's like, I don't care if you're into screen accurate stuff or not. Like, I don't care who you are. Why are you talking to well, me? Well, no, like, if you, you know, <laughs> I'll help anybody. You got a question or something? Message me. I'll, you know, it may take me a while to respond because my messenger never sends me notifications half the time and whatever. But like, I'll, you know, I don't mind helping anybody out with anything like yeah i i that's i enjoy trying to help people and 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 steer people in the right direction if they're trying to do something and they're not really sure what to do you know it's like well here's what i here's what i would do here's how i would do it or here's how they did it in the movie you know do what you will with this information but um yeah that that ends up being it's just like uh divulge the information that's what i always love sharing the information sharing what we've learned and like i love going for that screen accuracy and that wonk and everything like that and i and i get so excited when we have places like spangler's 1984 workbench where oh my gosh when it first opened it got so much shit Mm -hmm. because people like oh it's just it's just a place where elitists are and like now that it's been around since I think it started in 2020. Mm-hmm. So now that it's been around for about two years, people are like, oh, no, they just. They're 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 kind of like we're <laughs> losers. Pack. They're like, pro- <laughs> yeah, they're weird losers. Proton pack monks. They just have all this information. And if you go there and ask nicely, they they divulge it yeah. freely. <laughs> and don't care if your stuff's inaccurate. It's just what that's that's what gets off, uh, you know, their interests. Well, and you know, the thing that I find kind of funny is there's been a lot of times where I'll be on like 3D printed pro- Ghostbuster props group or Spirit Pack builders or whatever, and and somebody's looking for some advice on how to how to attach a certain part or how to do this or how to do that. And, you know, I'll go in and look at the comments and see what people are suggesting. And it's like half the time what people are suggesting is so much better than how they were really done. Yeah. And and they're and they're meant to add longevity to the piece rather than just like, oh, well, let's just throw some epoxy on this filler tube and stick it to the pack real quick. (laughs) You know, like but as somebody who's into super screen accuracy, it's like but I want it to be accurate. Exactly. And it's dumb. It's stupid. It's like, why would you not want to go with the method that is going to add the longevity to your pack and it's going to hold up better, but it's that weird perfectionism in me. But like there was, yeah, there was some kind of mental mindset change that happened to me. I think maybe like 2011 2012 mm-hmm. where i changed from wanting the perfect set of ghostbusters gear to the most screen accurate set of ghostbusters gear mm-hmm. those are not the same thing yeah i think the thing that a lot of people don't really realize is that when we say screen accurate what we're really saying is we want a really shitty prop 
It's got to look like shit. It's got to be constructed like shit. Uh, versus your idealized one, which is very pretty. It looks great. It's well constructed. It's going to last you a lifetime. <laughs> and it's weird. It's so weird. But, you know, to each their own, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. So more more back on the custom gear. Yes. Uh, I guess another do or don't hot glue as slime. Slime in general effects. I, li- um, I like slime effects, again, when they're done sparingly and they're done. I, I like them when they're in, like, corners mm-hmm. or, like, stains on a jumpsuit. Yeah. Um, when people are just like, yeah, I, I took a cup of epoxy and uh, I poured it all over my cyclotron. Mm-hmm. It's slime. I'm like, nah, man, that's that's a cup of epoxy that you poured on your cyclotron. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things again. the 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 less is more, you know. The mm-hmm. less, the less aging is more. The less wear and tear is more. Um, I go back to to that. The what was it? The 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 out of commission proton pack. He does a great job as a as a whole image. It's a lot. Yeah. But when you look at it, it is still the that less and less is more. And I love his concept. I would love to do like this is just a piece of equipment mm-hmm. kind of proton pack. I think I think we've talked about that before where um I wanted to use a firefighter's oxygen tank as inspiration for mm-hmm. a paint scheme or something on a proton pack. It's been painted and then repainted without having the previous paint stripped off. Paint, yeah. Paint's been touched up. Labels have been torn off and replaced and torn off again and replaced handwritten notes yeah you know like that that's a that's it it totally fits into that whole ghostbusters vibe and um because at the end of the day these are tools they're not they're not fashion accessories or you know like it's a tool and it would be treated as such um that's why it's going to get beat up it's you know it it has a little bit of, I guess, aesthetics to it in terms of like the like the ribs. Like, what purpose are the ribs? Are they are they kind of a slight? Do they jut out just a little bit as like protection against, you know, the main boxes being bumped into, or are they there because it just looks cool? Like, what's the what's the reasoning behind it? What's the function behind it? Well, I mean, you could definitely say the reasoning behind it is to add more protection yeah in the universe but the real reason is because it looks cool yeah um but like yeah i when i see custom paint schemes where they like alternate like the, the ribs are one color and the box is another to me it really depends on the theme or or the idea behind it as to whether or not it works for me you know yeah um just to have a two-tone like even Fernando's tribute pack, you know, it's a two-tone paint scheme, but it's it's two-tone because he left the bare aluminum parts. He didn't go right. through and tape off the fins and then paint those silver also. And I think if he had done that, I might not like it quite as much, you know. Um mm-hmm. but I love what he did and you know, even his uniforms that he did, his, you know, 
the two-tone uniforms that I think were they were introduced in the video game. The uniforms that uh, are directly responsible for Gibson and Barnes no longer doing two-tone uniforms. <laughs> yes. Because he ordered so many of them. Mm-hmm. Those uniforms? <laughs> yeah. Are those the ones we're talking about? Yeah, those uniforms. <laughs> uh, but, like, his choice of color combinations. Sure. The and and the subtlety behind some of them, like he did the one that's the two tone khaki with, uh, is it gray, like shoulder patches and zipper, yeah. you know, yeah. like that is so well done, and it's not over the top, it's not crazy, uh, in your face, and it just looks so good. Well, gosh, who was it? I think it was the Dallas Ghostbusters that did the. Uh... The mashup of you know oh. standard A and PVS, yeah, um, with answer the call stripes, yeah, the twenty seven P flight suits with uh, with answer the call stripes, but the stripes were done in like blue and silver, mm-hmm. so that they were more in uh, Dallas colors. Yeah, that was that was really cool. Yeah, I love those kinds of touches that people do on uniforms. Yeah, like that kind of stuff is awesome, and. You know, I there's not a lot of there's there's not as much like uniform customization that goes on. Um, I I've seen some people do you know like tactical or spec ops or whatever kind of Ghostbusters gear, and I like that concept. I definitely think that there's room for you know special operations type gear for specific situations. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I like seeing that kind of thing. I like seeing, you know, what's <laughs> what. Um, I don't know. So the the spec ops thing, mm-hmm. I like the gear. I I, I love, uh, you know, the the people incorporating like the the tactical gear into it. Most of the time, uh, I think what cracks me up is the idea of special operations ghostbusters because ghostbusters are special operation well i you know i don't mean like having a whole unit dedicated to you know special operations i mean a uniform that is specifically designed for certain situations they might have to face yeah um yeah yeah, a whole like spec ops unit of ghostbusters is a little like absurd but like the gear itself being designed for a specific purpose or a specific situation. I like those ideas. I like some of the ideas I've seen or even just the idea of upgrading the gear and bringing it into more of a modern take with some of those elements already incorporated into it. Like John Yerkeba's artwork, his artwork. Yeah. His, his designs for like modern gear, modern uniforms. Are... Ghostbusters plug suits. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> it's great, dude. He gets it, you know? Um, and, you know. Ghostbusters uniforms with fashionably sized Ghostbuster logos on the leg. Yeah. Uniforms by John. I'd buy them. <laughs> I would too. He does, you know. John has a nice. Uh, John has a nice eye on the aesthetic that mm-hmm. that I would look for in Ghostbusters gear, where it's familiar, but a little a little diverse, a little different. Yeah. Um, his he's got this one design for a pack with like the wand, 
is just beautiful. It's like a it is a perfect mashup and blend of like the movie wands with the real Ghostbusters wands. Oh, that's cool. It's beautiful. And you know, a lot of his gear that he does is like two tone uh yeah. as far as the color scheme goes with some highlights of like yellows or oranges or stuff, but like it all works and it's all visually and aesthetically pleasing and there's purpose behind it. It's not just throwing stuff together because it looks cool. Um sure. You know, he had like he's sat down and he's thought about what this does, what its function is, why it functions like that, you know. And I love that. Yeah. It is uh, John John does a good job of wanting to deliver a story with with his creations. And I think there's other people that do too. Mm-hmm. Um and I think there's uh Adam Savage and his his custom stuff. Yeah. You know, aside from the little custom touches that he did to his pack, because his pack is for the most part a a uh Phoebe Spengler replica. Yeah. But then he had uh some little bits and bobs on there, like the attenuator on mm-hmm. the front strap that was really cool. Yeah. Um I love little touches like that. I wish uh not that I wish everybody had an attenuator. Um so man if Martin Martin of Shape Shapeforge uh has his way, everybody will. He's cooking those things like hotcakes, but they, they look good. Yeah. And everybody seems to be really happy with them. Um so I'm I'm definitely happy for that success, but that yeah. that's another cool little kind of custom piece. Yeah, and you know, I've seen some uh some really crazy and out there belt gizmos, but I've seen some really cool takes on them too. Stuff that's a little yeah. more like compact and and a little more contained. It's not just like you know, components hanging out there in the open to get knocked off and and you know, I that stuff's cool. I like I like seeing the, the that. Belt gizmo is something that I would actually be okay with basically um having it as like a box what's well, like with the simple lights on it it's like the real I, ghostbusters like the yeah, one of the real ghostbusters, ghostbusters it's con- whatever those components are they're contained within that box yeah and that makes so much more sense to me than running around with all of these exposed pieces that can be damaged <laughs> yeah yeah <clears throat> even something like the legos it's very simple on the original uniforms but i think there's room for improvement in that design like the the thing i loved in afterlife was the addition of a plug i did love that plug to fill that hole when it's not in use you know because that that adds such a little touch of the you get the idea that it's a real functioning thing it's not just there to look cool i am no longer scared of being a ghostbuster I have earned my plug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I love the fact that it's now technically accurate to have a hose connector and not have a hose in it. Because I know so many people, including myself, hate the hose because it always gets caught on everything. I I love the hose when I'm going for the, the full Monty yeah. of, of Ghostbusters gear. But when I just want to hang out, it just gets in the way. Everybody yeah. knows it gets in the way. Yeah. And, you know, um, talking about stuff like simple repaints of gear, just like doing different Mm -hmm. color schemes, I've seen a lot of really cool stuff. There's a guy, I cannot remember his name, 
So I apologize in advance. But if you're listening to this, like, get contact with us. He took a, it's just a spirit Halloween trap, I believe, but he repainted it in like the containment unit color scheme. Oh, fun. So it's red and it's got like the, the, the white pinstriping around the edge of the, uh, the side plates and stuff. And it looks sharp, man. It looks really good. And it's cool to see that gear and that color scheme. That Uh, is cool. It's really, it's really, it was really well done. That is, that's really, that's like the yellow trap that I've been working on forever and ever. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. That's fun stuff. I, I love it when stuff is in, in different colors. I even like it when things just have small little changes, like, uh, um, you know, the, the cylinders on the side of the trap are changed. Mm-hmm. So you have a ghost trap that's silver, you have one that's red, you have one that's yellow. Mm-hmm hell we still got more colors of the rainbow what if that's just telling telling you know which which number trap it is so there should be a blue one and a green one you know or you um, know even like i remember one time i'd thought up you know well, what if it designates like what how powerful of an entity it contain you know if you're going up against a class 10 you need a you nerd. need a you need a blue rod trap because it can contain stronger energy. You know, like whatever. Like uh, clearly, you just need a whole farm of ghost <laughs> traps. Yeah, how true. how strong they are. Well, no, uh, see, it, that's the thing. A whole field of red rod traps is the equivalent of one blue rod trap, Dan. Oh, I'm sorry. I <laughs> I left my conversion chart when Egon when Egon packed everything up. He forgot the blue rod trap at the firehouse, so he had to make do with 200 regular red rod. That was that was the one trap that Ray was still sleeping with. Yes, he, like, nah, this one's mine. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then you and I we we found out that we had a wildly similar idea for like a complete custom costume and i'm sure there's probably others oh, out there yeah and uh this one hit me when i was playing battlefield mm-hmm. bad company 2 in which um i was like well if i had a first person ghostbusters game what kind of different classes would i have and one of them was the the trap class in which it would use a just simple pistol belt and Alice H harness, and it would have like four or five ghost traps on that belt, and you would just quick connect to the next uh, to the next ghost trap and roll that sucker out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then instead of a pedal, it would be like a, a handle piece, not too unlike the Extreme Ghostbusters trap. But you had a really cool idea that was similar that mm-hmm. I liked as well. Yeah, it it would have use the same harness system, but I wanted it instead of having like a bunch of traps, have like one or two traps. Um, and then a bunch of cartridges. Yeah. And the cartridges wouldn't go on the belt, but they would, you would have like maybe four of them that would run up the straps themselves on the harness. And then I wanted like maybe one or two pedals on the opposite side of the trap. Uh, and you know, like some hoses hanging out of the back or whatever, like, just the idea that you know we're throwing i don't know like i don't know if a ghost trap cartridge could be ejected from the carriage outside of the containment unit 
I don't see why not. I but I always and I feel like that was in the real Ghostbusters at one point. Like there was an episode or something where they've they open up the back of the ecto and there's just like piles of traps or like piles of cartridges. And that may it's piles of traps. It's piles okay. of traps. Um, but like the idea that you could just eject the cartridge and load a new one in, like if you're out somewhere and you're just encountering entity after entity and there's no time to, you've only got a finite amount of traps and there's no time to go back to HQ and empty the cartridges, but you've got a lot of spare cartridges that you can just, you know, swap in and out See, as the day goes we're, on. We're, we're getting into the heavy nerd yeah. headcanon shit way out of prop territory here. Because I always thought that the cartridge uh, was was powered by by the carriage mm-hmm. that you know the battery box. Yeah, that's what gives the whole thing. So the moment you remove the cartridge, that's why you had to do it at the containment unit. Yeah, you had to remove it there because then you had just just a a small window of time to close that in there and and deposit ghosty and in, into the thing. But I mean, we're getting into some like serious nerd head cannon thing i'm not sure our listeners are ready for us well hang to on start going off on head cannon i want to i want to i want to speak personally right now to a listener that i know has listened since episode one and is probably one of our biggest fans uh, uh episode Ms- one that was the episode in which we we had uh tax blockades yes uh, anyway, I, I would like to speak directly right now to Mr. Jason Reitman. If you, when you when you listen to this episode, Jason, I, I'm personally requesting right now, please uh, explain the process of emptying traps into the containment unit in uh, the Afterlife sequel. I want to know everything. Give me a 20 minute scene where Phoebe breaks it down to podcasts while she's teaching him to empty traps. Um, I want to know once the cartridge is inserted into the containment unit and the door is closed and locked, at what point do you go in to retrieve that cartridge? When is it safe? How or... long can a ghost trap go before it needs to be deposited into an ecto containment unit? Yeah, because. Or that... is it indefinite? Like, I mean, the power cells in the proton pack, 5,000 years. Yeah. You know, is it possible that he could have kept. Uh, you know, Zool in that ghost trap. And if that's the case, why did he, why did he send his 12 year old granddaughter after it and not just hide it permanently? You know, he wanted to show her the ropes. Give her something to go after. The spoopy ropes. Spoopy ropes. Yeah. The spoopy ropes. It's fine. But I, yeah, that's the kind of stuff I want to know about. Because then that influences where I'm going to take my custom trap wrangler gear that I'm never going yes. to make. I, apparently, I'm going to make mine very soon. Because <laughs> <laughs> all I need is a few holsters. And you're gonna, it is but, done. But you're going to need a a trench coat that's like you open it up and there's just traps lining each side <laughs> of it. Hey, kid, you want to buy a ghost trap? Yeah, this blue one can hold sleeve. one class ten. Hey, I roll up my sleeve, and there's multiple ghost traps on my on my wrist. <laughs> <laughs> multiple Seiko voice notes. What you talking about, man? Oh, God, I wish I could avoid or uh, afford multiple Seiko voice notes. 
I wish I could afford one. <laughs> I mean, one they got day. really good replicas. Some of those replicas, they're getting. Oh yeah, that's uh, another one of those pieces of gear that if I had one, I would never ever take it out anywhere. It would just stay locked up in a safe. Oh. They're so rare and expensive, I would be terrified. I mean, yeah, they are rare and expensive. Mine's not in its box. It's uh, just on my nightstand sitting there. (laughs) It needs new batteries. Uh, Send it to me. I'll I'll swap out the the batteries for you. Yeah, sure won't. Okay. Yep, sure (laughs) won't. Nice try, though. It was a good try. Yeah, you know. Um, trying to think. Custom gear. Yeah, I like uh, I like the tabletop containment units that people build for their groups. Yeah, tabletop and like mobile, like those are cool. Yeah, Way, uh, ways to bring something that is a set piece uh, out into the public. Mm-hmm. Always like that. Um, Didn't somebody do a containment unit pack? I'm sure they did. I feel like I've seen that before where it's like you've got one guy that he can't defend himself, but he can lug around so, a containment unit. So do you consider crossover costumes the same capacity as custom or is that different? Not really. I mean, I guess you could count it as like custom, but to me, crossovers are kind of a like like the Hello Kitty pack. Right. That's a to me. That's that's a crossover and that's fine you know um what about the what about the douche busters <laughs> well that's just good wholesome fun that's that's just with their solid gold proton pack because that yeah. is video game accurate it is um yeah i mean but see that's not i don't consider that a that's not a crossover that's just a concept an idea you know that that's been executed. That is the idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's who I want people to think of when they think of us. The elitist douchebags with our gold proton packs. We are the, and our we're mesh the douche shirts. Busters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I, I don't, wish I were in shape enough. Hey, listen, man. I wish I were in shape enough to pull off a mesh shirt. Uh, at this point, it would just look like uh, a fisherman's net caught something. So, <laughs> Dude, you can rock anything you want. <laughs> At any time. Uh Yeah, I mean, you know, I've seen some cool crossovers. I've seen some things that are, you know, crossovers to me, it's the same thing. It's all personal opinion, personal taste. There's some crossovers that work for me. There's some things where I'm like, why would you do that? Sure. (laughs) You know, like, um, there's some crossovers that make more sense than others. There's some that just look cool. Um, I'm not... I'm not against mashing Ghostbusters up with anything, really, as long as, again, I think personally it works or it it uh, it makes sense. Then cool, you know. How about that? Back to the oh, I guess. Okay, you just answered that. You just answered that. Yeah, because they had that Back to the Future proton pack for busting ghosts in time. Yeah, um, it was all right. There were a couple of things on it that uh, kind of bugged me, but like for the most part, I thought it looked pretty good. Uh, I you know i've I've seen a couple of people take their packs and they take the there's this little uh, like USB charger flux capacitor thing that like you can plug in a cigarette lighter, right? 
Right. And uh, a car cigarette lighter, I should say. And I've seen people take that and like stick it on their booster tube or like a in place of the crank crank knob on on the crank yep. generator. And like that's it. And I was like, okay, but like what? <laughs> <laughs> you know. It, it, I guess that's fine, but like if you're going to do that, why don't you why don't you put some DMC logos on it somewhere or something like, you know. Can you do just a little bit more? Yeah, like I don't know. Anyway, I think, um, you know, the, the custom, custom concept stuff, uh, I just need the same level of quality and workmanship put into something as, as OCD as a, as a replica pack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you can achieve that, you know, the story of course helps, but if you can really achieve that, that level of quality and, and build, then yeah, I think you're going to have something fairly successful. Uh, if you if you assemble everything with hot glue <laughs> and uh, and parts that you find and cobble it together and then say, oh, it's just this new advanced unit version, whatever, whatever, and try to assign a story to it, I think people are going to see through <laughs> the laziness. Yeah. And uh, I know there's people out there that right now, just just at that moment, are just like, oh, they're not being lazy. It's just how much skill set they have. Listen, I, I everybody starts somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the first Ghostbuster props I ever built were made out of uh, two-by-fours, duct tape, and wood nails. My first proton pack was foam core and flat black spray paint and hot glue and, you know, like... Yeah, everybody starts somewhere. Crap, crap. Yeah. I mean, it was crap. Um, but man, you know? at the time, I loved it. I was proud of what I did. Yeah. And I, I guess that's my thing. And it's it's always going to be my thing. It's just like, okay, you did it once. You started. Now try again. Do it again. Try to build your skill set, improve your skill set. Like, don't stop trying to get better. You know, my daughter asked me that she, you know, um, her and I bond over Legos mm-hmm. and, uh, and she always asked me like, how'd you get so good at building Legos? I'm like, well, I just follow the directions. And she goes, no, 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 no. Your, your, your other stuff, the stuff that you build that, that doesn't take the, the directions. I'm like, oh, well, that's just practice. Everything's yeah. just practice. I see. That's the thing is like, I see so many, you know, uh, modded spirit packs or you know custom gear or even junk builds where I'm like man there's I see the potential in there you know and you're doing some cool stuff with just these materials like I want to see what you can do with unlimited funds unlimited tools you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I want to I, I want to see people get better and I don't I don't mean like you suck now I mean, there's potential there. Like, I sucked when I started. Everybody, you know, I did did not come out of my mom's vagina (laughs) an expert at building. I'm not an expert now, but you know what I mean? Like, 
<laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> miss. It's an expert at proton packs. <laughs> That's going to be our new logo. It's going to be me as no. a baby with a no, drill and a Dremel tool. Anyway, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm getting out. <laughs> I'm behind. I have two weeks to finish this pack. Um, you know, I want to see people push themselves to build something they didn't think they could build. Right. To reach a point where they didn't think, you know, I see so many people. It's like, oh, I don't have the skills to build a screen accurate pack. Nobody does to begin with, unless you keep pushing yourself. And if you don't want to build a screen accurate pack, then that's fine. That's not your jam. That's fine, too. But I just like to see people push themselves to improve their craft and get better and have more fun, you know. The, the better you improve your skills, the, the more skills you learn, the more fun you can have. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. No, no. I mean, you're, you're totally right. You're totally right. The, the more skills you have, the more fun you'll have. Mm-hmm. Um, the possibilities that it, it opens up for... They're, they're limitless. Yeah. Hey, Dean Yeager. <laughs> Anyway, that's my rant slash inspirational speech. It was a good rant. You're very inspiring, Austin. Thank you. I feel like Bill Pullman and Independence Day. Yes, everybody's going to go out fleets of... <laughs> uh, fleets of proton packs now. <clears throat> Are you okay uh, there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Allergies. I spent all last uh, yesterday on my deck cleaning it up. How'd that go? Very well. Very, very well. All right. And uh I'm excited so I can start doing our little little live stream bits. Yeah. I one day I'll, go over well. One day I'll get to do one too. <laughs> yeah. I thought about doing it today and I was like, wait, we're recording today. Yeah, there's still plenty of day uh, left, still baby. Time. There's still time, except I got kids and they have you know get them out there. Them. Get them with the spray Get paint cans and res- <clears throat> respirators, chip, of course. With a chip brush. Yeah. Yeah. Put them yeah. to work. Yeah. But, Build uh, that skill set for them, dude. Yeah, that's true. Could do that. Hey, guys, put on this uh, smooth on for me so I can get rid of print lines. <laughs> <laughs> be useful to daddy. What's, what's <laughs> for a once. What, for hey. once. Be useful. <laughs> hey. Your kids better not listen to this. Oh, they will one day. <laughs> They're going to be like, oh my God, he ate it. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um, I spoil them. But uh, yeah, man. So we've done we've done an hour and 55 minutes. We got to yeah. record again soon. Got to yes, talk about what our, our next session is. Um, I'm, wanting, I, I've, I'm feeling like we should get a guest again soon. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's just been us two for a while again. So. I'm feeling that need. Maybe we'll try and reach out. Um, we were talking about Ghostbusters sets soon, so I know mm-hmm. there's some uh, potential good guests in there as well. Yeah. Um, so everybody listening back at home, of course, if you want to join the conversation, you can join us at Spangler's 1984 Workbench. Leave us some positive feedback, guys. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Austin, you still updating those things? Yes, sir. 
Um, Yay! Haven't quite lately, just because of uh, being busy and you know sick and all that jazz. But not feeling well. Yeah, yeah, not feeling well does not make you want to uh, do anything. So yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. I I wasn't upset. I tried to provide little updates on Facebook and uh, little videos. And, uh, <laughs> I I posted an update about how we were both sick, and it would yeah. be a while. And then I scrolled down. And you had already made a post, and I was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> so I deleted Aww. mine. And it's the one time I didn't check. Normally, if I go to post something, I always check to make sure you haven't posted something first. I check, and I didn't. And I was like, "All right, I'm just going to do it." I put it up there. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> and uh, when we do release, guys, of course, we're always aiming for Tuesdays. Tuesdays is our release window. Um, Fridays on, on YouTube, we got to get, we have a huge backlog that needs to go up onto YouTube. Um, and I, I think I need to invest in external storage for my laptop because I have noticed that my laptop's been getting a little bit slower mm-hmm. and it might have to do with all the mixing sessions the... they have of our podcast. Um, but guys, listen to us on our RSS feed, Spotify. Uh, Apple Podcasts. I'm sure we're on iTunes. Um, give us some good feedback. Good reviews, guys. Five stars all the way if you like what you're listening to. If you don't, shut the fuck up. Nobody cares what you have to say. Um, <laughs> but Elitist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Elitist douchebag. <laughs> um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was definitely a different one uh, yeah. in which it was more opinion-based uh Rather than us talking about factoids, what this or that is, um, but but that's okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. I did too. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed listening to you. Thank you. Because uh, sometimes I feel like you don't talk enough, and I can't stop talking. I hate my voice, so <laughs> it's. I fine. apparently am in love with my voice. You have a you have a nice voice. Uh, that's a lie. <laughs> All right. Well, signing off, guys, for the Black Firehouse podcast. This is Mr. Austin Young. And Dan Harshman. Saying go out and build something. As a duly designated representative of the city, I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension. Okay, so I'll see you later, huh? I'll give you a call. Everything was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Ray has gone bye-bye. What have you done? For whatever reasons, Ray, call it fate, call it luck, call it karma. I believe that everything happens for a reason. I believe that we were destined to get thrown out of this dump. For what purpose? To go into business for ourselves. Boy, the superintendent's gonna be pissed. We're ready to believe you.